Cincinnati, the home of the AFC champion, and hopefully Super Bowl winner this weekend. Our senior pastor is uh, Josh Ritano. He's the author of the better half of this book, Rooted, the Apostles' Creed. Ray, I don't know where you are, but you know, I have to say this, he's my boss. But I, I was born in China and came to the United States when I was 12, and in 2019, recognizing my language skill, my unique connection to China, my church gave me one day a week to work with this organization called China Partnership. And I have been invited to tell you more about what we are doing in China, or what's happening in China. Now China may seem far away to many of you, and some of you may not be familiar with China Partnership, but you actually have a much closer relationship to this gospel movement than you think. And maybe one of the most beautiful things connected to the PCA is happening far away from our shores. The China Partnership started just a little bit over 20 years ago by two men from MTW, Jay Kyle and Paul Taylor, out of a partnership with MTW, Redeemer City to City, and various PCA churches and mission organizations. And instead of recruiting and sending foreign workers to China, China Partnership focuses on equipping indigenous leaders and enabling local house churches to impact their own cities with the gospel, and 10 years ago, the leadership shifted to a group of Chinese-American pastors. Now, the name House Church may be a little bit misleading to you, because you may think of Christians huddling in small, dark basements, worshiping in secret, avoiding government protection, detection. But it's really just a term used to describe a church that's not registered with the Chinese Communist Party, with the government. So, in fact, many of these house churches meet in hotel conference rooms, in office spaces, outdoor parks, as well as private homes. In the past 20 years, China Partnership has been actively training pastors in China with Grace Center, Christ Center theology, and helping them plan, plan new urban house churches. And over the years, teaching elders like Tim Keller, Brian Chapel, Julius Kim, Richard Pratt, Dr. Greg Perry, Ian Kennedy, Paul Tripp, George Robinson, and many others with deep PCA roots have gone over to China to help with training house church pastors, also speaking large conferences in Asia. So a lot of our training materials came from Redeemer City to City and Third Mill. Paracaleo has a huge presence in China. The BCO has been translated into Chinese and contextualized to the needs of China. That's before Overtures 23 and 37, so it's less controversial. <laughs> and it's been adopted by a growing Presbyterian movement in China. And Pastor Wang Yi, you may have seen this guy before, he's a house church pastor who is now serving a nine-year prison sentence for preaching the gospel. He's a Presbyterian pastor in this movement. And as of 2021, China Partnership has worked with pastors and churches in over 140 cities across mainland China, helped plant over 150 churches, provided training to over 1,500 pastors and leaders from 500 churches. In the coming five years, we want to double that footprint in order for even more of China to be reached with the gospel. 
On the U.S. side, I worked with a team of editors and translators to create opportunities for Western churches to pray, support, encourage, and learn from the house churches in China. Not only because they are being persecuted that we need to pray for them, but also because we believe the churches of China will become a leading voice in the global church very soon. So I want to share with you a few things I've been learning from our brothers and sisters in China. So as you know, China is not traditionally a, church, a, a country with a huge Christian presence. But at the beginning of the 20th century, the Chinese people did something they've never done in their history. In the face of external imperialism and internal corruption, for the first time in over 3,000 years, they got rid of their emperors and the Confucian feudal system. And along with that, they got rid of the traditional hierarchical structure that defined Chinese society for centuries. And they experimented with democracy briefly, and eventually, the communists took over. And that's what the Cultural Revolution was about, to wipe out Confucianism and replace it with communism and end it in economic and societal disasters. And people lost their ancient values. They were also disillusioned by the communists. So for the last 40 years, the Chinese Communist Party did something very uncommunist. They basically tell the people to make money, get rich. Materialism is the new god. And this crossroad of post-Confucianism, post-communism, materialism, there's a rising sense of loss and moral bankruptcy. And to this crossroad where this gospel movement is speaking new life to the souls of China. And that's the first thing I've been learning from brothers and sisters in China. The Chinese church has been modeling for us how to love their cities, even through some of the heaviest persecution in decades. The Chinese pastors regularly share the gospel with police officers who come to harass them and arrest them. Many of them have used their time in jail to share the gospel with fellow prisoners. Some of those prisoners have joined their churches and became Christians. They do it because they know the people in China are lost in a world of materialism and moral bankruptcy, and they're sharing the beauty of the gospel to awaken the souls of the people who have been hardened by society. And the Chinese house churches are growing by leaps and bounds. The one Chinese pastor said one time, the church is the scaffold of the new heaven and new earth. Now the ashes of ancient value systems and communist ideologies, the Chinese church sees an opportunity to build up the kingdom of God. My colleague in China Polish often says, if you want to see revival in America, we should learn from those that are being revived. Now along the same line, I think, if you're concerned about the trend of deconstruction here in America, how about we learn from those who have actually gone through cultural revolutions? And the second thing I've learned from our brothers and sisters in China is how they love their church family. Now, as you may know, the Chinese culture and social order is still rooted very much in very traditional values, family values. Some of the most, but some of the most enduring pictures in my mind were Chinese believers gathering outside police stations with flowers to welcome their pastors and elders when they're being released from prison, as if they won some kind of rewards. Or when pastors and elders of one church have been arrested by the police, pastors and elders from other parts of the country travel overnight to help stabilize that church. And they do this at great risk of getting in trouble themselves because now they're known accomplices. But that's what families do. 
They're also teaching us how to love other churches around the world in ways that we Americans cannot. The women change in American foreign policy last August put churches in one Middle Eastern country in severe danger of persecution. Many of us watch in horror on TV. But in the weeks after that, over 20 pastors in China began writing letters of encouragement to the house churches in that country. And these letters were written in Chinese. We translated them into English, and then we worked with a group to translate them into local languages. And we know that they've been delivered, and disseminated, and read by our brothers and sisters there. Now, the situation in that Middle Eastern country is very different. It's much worse. But this is one persecuted church writing to another persecuted church, telling them, we suffer with you. We hope with you. Press on. The house church in China is becoming an important voice in the global church. They can speak into things like suffering and persecutions in ways that we cannot. And that's a great time to encourage them and partner with them. And in those letters, the Chinese pastors highlighted over and over again they hope the hope they have in Christ. And that's the last thing I want to share with you today. Our Chinese brothers and sisters are teaching me what it means to be an Easter people. Now, I think it would be fair to say that we are naturally more of a Christmas people here in America. It's a bigger celebration, a bigger holiday for us. You can relate to me with me on this. Maybe like we, we like to focus on Christ being with us, suffering with us. We comfort people with the peace of Christ and the presence of Christ, Emmanuel. That's all true. But the Chinese brothers and sisters are reminding me of something even better. Now, even though they know Christ is with them now, they're still living in very grim reality. They're still being marginalized. They still face police harassment. Some of them may go to jail. How do they do it? And why not just leave? Some of them could have moved to America. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. And what sustains them in China is not just knowing that Christ suffers with them, but they suffer in Christ. Or as one pastor in Shanghai said, they suffer the suffering of Christ in Christ. And if they're united with Christ in a death like His, they will certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like this. The way of the cross is the way of resurrection. To them, this world is not worthy. They are seeking a kingdom that cannot be shaken. So I want to close by reading a short letter from a Chinese brother. He's now in prison for seven years for running an online Christian bookstore in China. And he wrote this to his parents a few weeks ago. His mom and dad. Be strong. Be joyful. And live each day well. These days, my heart is filled with surprising peace. What I've lost in the past two years or so, I have temporarily lost time with my family, but I've not lost the love of my family. I've temporarily lost my life of freedom, but I've not lost my freedom of thought. I've temporarily lost my Sunday worship, but I've not lost my faith. Although I'm imprisoned, there is a bigger prison out there. I find this very true. He who has faith can lose nothing. He can turn hell into heaven. He can sleep peacefully in the midst of the storm. He can sing gratefully in prison. He can become a dancer with chains. And he who has no faith can have nothing. 
and will only turn heaven into hell. We're truly free and can lose nothing compared to those who have been enslaved all their lives by the fear of death. Mom and Dad, you are losing me just like Abraham losing Isaac, Jacob losing Joseph and Benjamin, the father losing the prodigal son. But they were all lost and found, and so will yours be also. If it is more blessed, more blessed to give than to receive, it can be also said that it's more blessed to lose than to gain. But it's only by losing that we can, we can gain more beauty. And I believe that when we meet again, we will be more beautiful and mature. May you be strong and joyful. And I think that this Chinese brother understands what it means to have beautiful orthodoxy. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to share about China today. Will you join me in learning about China and what God is teaching about the churches in China? I invite you to follow and support the work of China Partnership. You can look, look them up. And in their write, in their, some of the writings of uh, the Chinese pastors will be published there and also in this place called the Center of House Church Theology. So I encourage you to make their writing a regular rhythm of your study and reading. And one, um, we have made, made a collection of sermons by Chinese pastors during the COVID pandemic. And they had these Zoom calls online where thousands of people from China returned from, from all over the country and recorded some of those sermons and translated them. And they will be, will be it's um, coming out as a book, coming out in April. And um, our Holy Father, Dr. Tim Timothy Keller, was <laughs> gracious enough to write the full word for us. So you may have seen the flyers and the seeds, you could go to the back and scan the code and you could pre-order online, it's coming out in April. And um, later in December, at the four-year anniversary of Wang Yi's arrest, the rest will also be publishing a collection of Wang Yi's writing within the varsity. Thank you.